How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi guys. Hi. This is Goop Yourself, the podcast where we talk about everything goop. I'm Brian Rucker. I'm Aggie Hewitt. What's going on? Um, you know, just sitting here reading the newsletter as I do every freaking Friday. Yeah. Uh, as I was saying to you off off mic, I have been injured this whole week. Pulled my back playing tennis yet again um so i've just been in i mean it's i feel like i've just been lucky i've never aside from like a couple of like acute injuries in my life i've never had to deal with chronic pain and again like i've only this has only been happening for a week or so but i'm just like oh i feel so bad for people that have to deal with chronic pain for a long time it sucks it really sucks and it really will like open your eyes to things because i have like started to have back problems like every once in a while I wake up and my back is like fucked up like and I don't know what happened and I'm that's the kind of thing that like only gets worse you know I know um so it really worries me because it's it really is debilitating and it just like makes life so much worse if you're in constant physical pain like you just you cannot enjoy anything it's it's horrible yeah you can't enjoy anything and then you end up doing sort of like the bare minimum to survive. <laughs> like yeah. you're like, Oh, well I, you know, I have to go to work or work to like pay my bills. But other than that, I'm just literally going to like sit on the couch or sit in bed because I, if, if, if I have a choice, I will choose to do nothing because everything else hurts so much. Yeah. Oh, but um, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's like just like the worst way to live. Um, it's awful. So yeah, I, I'm sorry that happened. I definitely like, I feel like my like occasional back pain has been like a very major like workout call or wake up call for me to like start working out more. Cause I feel like that's like having like a stronger back. Yeah. Stronger back and stronger core. I mean, 
I do. I really, I'm having so much fun playing tennis, but like, I obviously can't go on. If I, every time I play, I end up on my back for a week. I need to figure out like a way to get this better. Um, I mean, it's it's so upsetting because like, it's the same thing. Like I like in my like prime, like in, when I was like in the best shape of my life, it was when I was like really hitting these bar classes like every day. And, um, I've tried so many times to, uh, go back to doing that. And it's like, my body just doesn't do it anymore. Mm. Like it's too hard. It's too, it's not just that it's like exhausting. It's like, I have injuries now they get inflamed from doing the same thing too much. Like, it's just like, you know, and I'm not, I'm only, I'm 36. Like, it's just something that happens to your body. And it's like, it sucks, but that's, and there's, that's like literally just like it. Yeah. I mean, part of me, I want to be like, Oh, you, you should just be able to like push through the pain. And like, once you do it enough, you won't hurt anymore, but that's, just not I think how it works I think that's something that's true when you're like in your 20s but not necessarily when you're older although I do have something I the reason that I had to start a little bit late today is because I was meeting with a personal trainer this morning oh fun and he gave me some tips and tricks about some of that stuff Ooh. one of which uh we'll come back to later oh cool cool um maybe I I should I should probably hire a personal trainer at least for one session so they can just tell me like how to prepare for playing tennis and how to stretch my body so I don't get hurt yeah it was just like I got a free one with my gym because when I signed oh right Equinox did my first little it was kind of cool yesterday he like I went yesterday and they like weighed me which I will not get into but they like (laughs) do a full like body scan and they tell you like how much of your body is like fat and how much like water you're retaining and like they tell you how much like each of your limbs weighs like your arms and your legs like they tell you like all of this crazy stuff about yourself wow that sounds like I I don't know that I would want to know that information (laughs) I mean I don't know how much unless because I don't know how much like they do it it's like an introductory thing it's like when you first join so I mean, unless you, it felt like being at the doctor's office, you know? And so like, unless you go and have like another check-in in like six months or whatever, which like maybe I'll do, I don't really know how I'm supposed to like, you know, I don't really know what I'm supposed yeah, to Yeah. What are you supposed to, oh, like my left arm is an ounce heavier than my right arm or whatever. Yeah, it's weird. I'm kind of lopsided, but I don't mm. think it's to, I don't think the goal is to make everything completely symmetrical. I think they're just trying to tell you, I don't, I really don't know what the, what to do with that information. Yeah. But I don't, I don't mean, I don't think that. anyone's cause everyone has like a dominant side. Um, and I know as, you know, as a, as a tennis player myself, your, yeah. your serving arm is going to always be like way more muscular than your, your other arm. Yeah. Like I think my left side was like all like heavier than my right. I'm left-handed. I think, I don't actually really remember. I didn't like I was just like, whoa, that's weird. And he was like, yeah. I mean, he didn't tell me what it was. It was like, they give you like a full like sheet with like oh, yeah. information. That's didn't fun. Talk about that. I, just I mean, I, I do love uh, my blood work and I love looking at my my levels on yeah. Quest Diagnostics. So that's sort of the same thing. It's kind of like a little mini Will Cole. Yeah. Uh, as I was deep in the throes of my <laughs> injury the other night, I decided to get on... Um, like disability and chronic illness Twitter and see what everyone has to say. And it's, I, 
I, again, I don't mean to laugh because this is like, it's like horrifying, but there's, um, there's a hashtag. If anyone wants to look at it, the hashtag is N E I S void, which stands for no end in sight void. Oh, Jesus Christ. And that's the hashtag that all like, um, people with disabilities or chronically ill people put when they feel like they're just sort of shouting into the void and like no one believes them and like their doctors don't believe them and their family doesn't believe them and they have no one to turn to and so they just will say the darkest things and then hashtag it neis void wow i will not be searching that one i have i don't need to know i can't no. i don't have i don't have the spoons as you Wait, what is the spoons? I've never heard that expression. So like, that's another thing from kind of this world, I think. I'm not totally sure, but it's like, I think it's like your emotional or like intellectual capacity oh, to okay. deal with something. I think it's like, I have a spoon. I don't know. It's like a spoonful of energy to put to this or like you put a spoon in me. I don't know exactly how it works, but it's like, you don't have enough spoons to like get into no end in sight chronically ill yeah. like screaming into the void twitter like that sounds really horrible and i'm really sorry like that's awful uh yeah so we'll see hopefully you know my back will heal and this won't be my permanent community i don't think you're gonna have to be on the <laughs> i don't think so i i also am you know famously well actually i'm i don't well am i a hypochondriac i don't think so I don't um, think you're hypochondriac. I do think that you're very um, aware of your, yeah. you're self-aware. I think I had a, you know, experience. I, I probably talked about this on the podcast before, but uh, when I was 25, um, my appendix burst and I had to be in the hospital for a month. And the reason why it burst and the reason why I had to be in the hospital for that long was because I didn't go to the doctor soon enough. And I just didn't, I had appendicitis and I just assumed it was the flu or food poisoning and I waited too long. And by the time I almost died, by the time I got there, my appendix had already burst. I was already in sepsis. I had to go immediately into surgery. Uh, and so I think since then I've just tried to be a little bit more aware of my body. So something, not that, you know, once your appendix burst, you don't have another appendix. So that won't happen again, but um, I've tried to, yeah, just be a little, you know, in tune with my aches and pains. Yeah. I mean, if I feel basically anything I, or like see anything on my body, like I try to get somebody to take a look at it. And I feel like I'm, my doctor thinks I'm so annoying. Like she kind of gave me this passive aggressive lecture last time I was there about how, um, she, about how like you can't test for everything. And she was like, I'm from Korea and they have these books there that are just like, I'm doing with my fingers, like three inches thick, like this thick. And it has basically every single possible like blood panel you can get and everything with you. And people just like take them around and get like everything done. Mm -hmm. And it's people want to think they want to do it. But the problem is, um, it's so much information that like you, no two human beings are the same. So like you might have something that's like slightly inflamed or slightly whatever, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything. So you overcorrect, and it's better to just like do tests as needed and not to like overanalyze things. Mm -hmm. And 
I was like, I want to go to Korea and like live that lifestyle of the book of tests. And yeah. like, like, I was like, that's what I want though. Like, I didn't say that. I was like, oh, okay, thank you. And I felt, I felt like she was kind of like, don't do like, don't, don't ask me any more questions. But that <laughs> but, makes you want to. And I mean, part of it, I'm sure your doctor's like, right probably but also i always feel like the american healthcare system is so fucked up that like if we were actually doing like preventative care and helping people we would we would know all this stuff and then it wouldn't get to the crisis that we're in now and it's because of our you know for-profit healthcare system well, the drug companies know. all this stuff they just want to treat illnesses rather than actually prevent illnesses well that's like literally the opposite of what my doctor said and also like it it's not like that it's necessarily i don't think running like endless blood panels is preventative it kind of is also like a capitalist enterprise if like you're getting people to like pay to have these tests done that are not necessary no. so like i don't know that um i don't know that one is necessarily better than the other um and like I think that there's something to just treating symptoms but that's kind of what it's like when you go to the doctor I mean if you they just treat your symptoms and if you have no symptoms then there isn't that much to do except for um gynecology mm. um but I don't know like I do an annual physical I mean I think they do a relative amount of preventative care if you go to the doctor every year and get a physical and get blood work and and if you go to the gynecologist and get that checked out and then also like once you get to like later stages of life like they're like in a few years i'm gonna start getting my mammogram and like you know what yeah. i mean colonoscopies like all that stuff yeah uh no it's true i think if 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 the individual is proactive enough and goes to the doctor for their physical i think there yeah there's a good deal of preventative medicine um but I guess I feel like that's not, I mean, it's encouraged if you have health insurance, um, but it's still like up to you. Not that I, th I mean, I guess I don't, well, actually maybe I do think in my authoritarianism that like the, the government should just, you know, make the appointments for you. Well, you would still have to go. go. I mean, there's always the doctor knocks at your door. Like there's always going to be like a certain level of autonomy. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. God, we've been doing this podcast so long now as, as we age, we're going to have more aches and pains. And as our audience ages, we can start talking like, like Gwyneth herself is doing with her pivot to, to perimenopause. We will be able to pivot to, um, to elder care and geriatric problems. I know. Well, I, um, as like I get older, I get more goopy and I'm like, oh, like now I understand why people wanted to feel the way they felt when they were in high school. I also feel a lot more like generous about the idea of chasing youth, which I used to think was this like pathetic vein, um, like practice. But now I understand it's more about like wanting to preserve your life than anything else. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily like I want to look, I don't want to. And I've always known this, but it's like, nobody wants to be 20 and no one wants to look exactly like a 20 year old. You want to look like yourself. You just don't want to look like you're aging prematurely and you don't, you want to hang on to like health and vitality and happiness for as long as you possibly can. And that's what it's yeah. like, that's what it's about. It's so true. It's not, 
it's not as cynical as I think I thought it was, as I used to think in my early thirties and twenties. I mean, it's scary to like, to like try to do things, physical things, whatever that you used to do, or even like mental things, like read a book fast or whatever they used to do when you were younger. And you're like, oh, my brain or my body like doesn't quite work as fast anymore. I know. Yeah. Brian and I were both just talking about how like our brains are kind of not don't work as my, well. I think I, the pandemic had a lot to do with that as well. Yeah. My IQ has probably dropped 40 to 50 points in the past few years. Like <laughs> I was, <laughs> I, I was literally on jeopardy like three years ago and I tried to watch it the other day and I'm like, I can't answer one. I'm like, I was like, how did I do this? Couldn't have been me. I'm like, I don't know any of this. I couldn't answer I, one question. Yeah, I can't do like basic arithmetic. I mean, I can't do anything. I'm just out of, I mean, when I try to figure out like the other day, I like was trying to figure out how old I was going to be when I would die. Like I was trying to like think of like what year I was hoping to live to not the year I want to die, but the year that I hope to live to, Yeah, yeah. which is already really crazy. Like, don't do that. But I had to just break out the calculator to figure out like how, how I was like, how, what in 50 years, what year will it be? And I was like, I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Hopefully let, let's uh, let's make the pandemic the excuse. And not well, our... I do think that's, it's part of it. I think so too. Uh, I'm just glad that we have this space to, to talk out loud every week because I definitely go through days where I don't uh talk out loud for that much yeah just sort of sitting in silence like a monk that's true all right what's uh what's going on in the old uh Paltrow Falchuk household um I don't know are you sorry I keep bringing this up but like have you watched any of the new American horror story? No, and I won't. I've, I stopped watching it like three years ago. I just feel like it's interesting. You know, I always think this stuff is yeah. interesting. I always think that everything is like a window into their relationship. But this season is about a writer, like a mid lane like a mid-level writer who's like been staffed on a few shows but like isn't like a breakthrough writer it like doesn't have like a movie or his own show or whatever and like he goes on vacation with his wife who's an aspiring like interior designer and their daughter to this house in like Provincetown which is like a New England beach town and um they discover that the people there are vampires because they're taking these, sorry, this is kind of a spoiler alert to the first episode. So if you haven't seen the first episode yet and want to like go binge it or something, just like skip a little bit, I guess. I don't know. They're all vampires because they're like taking these pills that like, if you have artistic talent, it like makes you a like genius, like an artistic mm. genius. But if you have no talent, it makes you this like zombie vampire who's like wandering around the town, like feeding off people. Hmm. And the husband takes it and becomes this like genius, but like he doesn't want his wife to know because deep down he knows that like she doesn't really have any talent as an interior designer and she'll become a vampire if she, she'll become like the scary vampire. Wow. So he keeps it from her. And it's all about him like running around behind his wife's back 
when like hanging out with like um like Macaulay Culkin and stuff and like taking these pills and like developing this like increasing like like condescending and like resentful like attitude towards his wife I don't know it's just I'm always like what is this about and she's you know it's um oh god like Lily Rabe or one of those it's like one of Lily the, Rabe like, yeah oh I who's the husband Finn Whitrock Ooh. and uh the only reason his name was like right off the top of my head and not hers is because I went to high school with him and like I know who he is but like I I everyone every I'm still like don't know any celebrity uh and um, Macaulay Culkin is in it too Macaulay's in it and he's, uh, that, now it makes makes me want to watch this it's good and Brad is like he actually like wrote it it's he's not just like a producer on it he writes so many of them I started paying attention to the credits he writes them he has okay. writing credit on like so this is this is Brad's vision so this has and, to be somewhat and, autobiographical and Ryan Murphy I mean like they're writing it together they're writing it together but when you see like this like writer husband with his like long blonde haired like wife and he's a writer and she's like an interior designer or whatever it's like you if you're obsessed with going with Paltrow you have you you're just it just brings up questions that's all yeah. I'm saying no, it's, it's just interesting. interesting you know you're like why are you hmm okay and like if I were in a relationship and my husband wrote that about like not about me but like there was this character that looked like me sort of and had like some of my characteristics and like was doing that I would be like what you yeah. know but maybe they're past that because they're past like, that or she just I don't know that she's watched an episode of it in several yeah. years probably yeah um well their their Montecito compound is nearing completion according to the yeah, and like is she just is she doing their Montecito compound because like is that another oh yeah is that the interior design aspect I don't know uh it's interesting this compound it says it's four bedrooms and four bathrooms which sounds like you know relatively modest for a compound but then it says it's 14,000 square feet I don't really understand but is it just the lot is 14,000 square feet I have no idea I don't know. I'm not, I, uh, I don't know. It's just I mean, seemed, I guess it's probably the lot. I guess. Yeah. Cause like the aerial pictures, I mean, it looks nice, but it doesn't look like a huge mansion and there's a big pool out back. I don't know. I don't know. But I feel like maybe calling it a mansion is a little misleading. Like I think it might be a little more, and it's also, it's 4.9 million, which is obviously a lot of money, but in Montecito, I feel like 4.9 million is a shack. Um, yeah, or it's like a house. I like a regular house, yeah. Yeah, let's see. Um, let's have a look at this Montecito shack. Oh, it's not, it looks pretty big to me. The maybe I'm looking at the wrong thing, I don't know. I'm just looking at the like aerial pictures and it looks sort of like a one-story ranch style house i don't know i don't know um with a big i mean it's a big pool and then there's other like buildings out back there's like a, this is a huge house what are you talking about this is why, giant then why is it four bedrooms i guess big houses can be four bedrooms there's like a pool house there's like a separate pool house yeah. okay yeah i'm looking at other pictures it is big 
Maybe the house is 14,000 square feet. I don't know. There's like a garage. There's like a what this is enormous. Like look at the cars. Like like look at what the cars look like compared to the garage. Oh yeah, that's true. There's like a million cars parked up front. Yeah. It's true. And I guess 4.9 million if you're constructing it. I don't know. It's I I just expected this type of house in Montecito to be like 20 million or something. Well, a 4.9, I mean, obviously like that's they don't know how much she's like actually if she's building it they don't know how much she's paying because it's like not listed that's probably how much she paid for the land oh yeah they said they bought it off a nigerian businessman who went bankrupt and he needed and he needed the 4.9 million yeah so they probably got a deal all right that was like trying to make a joke about the nigerian prince is that problematic i don't Hmm. know uh Uh, well i'm you know, good for them. Maybe they'll, except Gwyneth did put on her Instagram that she's back in the office this week. So. All right. I don't know how much time she'll be spending in Montecito. If she's. Um, my guess is she will spend as much time as she wants to there. That's true. <laughs> um, okay. Anything else? I don't think so. Do you want to get into it? Let's get into the pot or in the newsletters. All right. Okay. What was your best of the week? My best of the week was the um, how to bring chic interior. What is it called? How to bring lessons in chic comfort from an interior design mix master. And it was like scale. Uh, scale can be as enchanting as color. The whole thing of like, reference the natural world which I think is sort of like not which is like kind of like an old little tip that I've heard oh yeah well this this was talking about the new redesign of the Mayflower Inn in Connecticut well it's like they're using that as like a framework through which to like give advice about interior design so like those bullet points are like obviously like telling you like here's something you can do here's something you can do and it's like take to like take lessons from like this Maybe this like and whatever but like um i i liked that like i don't necessarily i feel like that's like a cool way to do travel writing but i also feel like goop should lean more into interior design i think interior design is really interesting and it's like more aspirational than reading about like fashion or something mm-hmm. and goop I think if Goop had more like homeware stuff, like they've got like pots and pans and like some like dishes and stuff, but I would love to see them going more in that direction and like less into the clothes, which I think feel the, the Goop clothes feel almost like redundant. Like I don't really need it from them. And also like, they're so, they're so like, it just feels like it it makes it all too confusing. Like there's just like I say they're like oversaturated, like they make too much stuff. Like they have so many I don't think that their clothes are like I mean, they always look nice, but I don't think they're like special. It's not like oh, you could only get this at Goop. It's like no. oh, you got something somewhere else. They're most of them are are like basics, which all yeah, all look really nice, but because they're so expensive I mean, I guess there are you know, their audience, some of their audience are people for whom, you know, a $400 pair of jeans or whatever isn't crazy. But like, I just, 
like you could get an, you can get a nice pair of jeans for, you know, $150, like really nice pair of jeans. So it's like, what, I don't really understand what the point, and if it doesn't have goops splashed all over, like, so you are, you know, bragging about the label or whatever, what really is the point? I mean, I feel like they're not the only people in the world that make like $400 jeans no. or something. Like, I think that's like, but I kind of feel like that's what they like want their price point to be. Like, I don't know if that's what it really, what should be. And like, also, I think their angle is like for a lot of the basics, like this is where you're going to get your like nice trench or like yeah. your whatever. And that kind of stuff, like, I don't understand the point of getting it from goop. Like who wants to be like, this is my, like, this is like a leather jacket or like a leather skirt or like an investment piece or whatever that I'm going to have for like 10 years or 20 years. And I got it from goop like wouldn't you want to try that on and like, like see it before you make an investment like that and like make that kind of decision for like this this like investment piece that you're going to have for the rest of your life like I just don't understand why you would buy something like that from goop yeah clothes especially like a high-end high clothes or like an investment piece that is the type of thing where you do want to shop in person um or at but- least be more familiar with the brand like there's just something sort of suspicious about it coming from goop like it's not like i'm sure it's high quality or whatever i ha- i'm wearing goop right now like i'm wearing g sport mm-hmm. but it's not and it's great it's nice like i have no complaints about it but it's just like i don't know i feel like but if it was like if they were making like bed linens or something like that i would be more intrigued than the clothes yeah, I wonder. I mean, at some point they probably will, like like they did with their beauty products. They ha- they've had you know uh, they've really gone in all in on like those avocado mattresses, and uh, I don't know if they're got in on a specific brand of of linens, but I could see them eventually like making more and more of that stuff in house. Um, I don't know. Anyway, so that was mine. I like I like the interior design thing and I want them to do more. And I would love to get more stuff like from different hotels that they feature to like talk about like the like interior design and like the style of those places and like how you can get that at home. Like, cause that's what I always want like my apartment to like feel like a hotel or something. Yeah, yeah. Like what are, I mean, I think she's mentioned it every once in a while, but like Gwyneth's favorite, hotels from where when she travels the world and like yeah the style and and then how to yeah how to replicate it at home it is cool like I'd, I'd never heard of this mayflower inn um i mean it's i looked it's like rooms start at 900 bucks a night it's really expensive yeah but it looked really pretty yeah and now okay. their their new restaurant is with um april bloomfield who was i think a soft there was a soft cancel for her but she's picking up the pieces but how, what did she do uh i think she just it was like she was in a long-term like professional relationship with mario batali and apparently like she knew a lot of the stuff that was going on with him and then there were other i mean it's just like typical chef stuff like people said she was like verbally abusive and blah 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 yeah aren't they all verbally abusive and like i think yeah absolutely anyway um all right my my best was the the double dose of Gerda this week. Okay, so this Gerda's leptin piece was my saddest. So oh, okay. okay. So she had so she had two. She had her um her leptin one, 
Yeah. And then she had uh, the one about bloating. And so uh, there were, yeah, there were two, two questions. One, uh, dear Goop, because I, I become bloated sometimes after eating, out after eating, but can't figure out if it's due to a particular food or something else. What are some of the reasons for bloating? And then the other one was, I've heard that many plant foods contain lectins that supposedly damage the gut and cause problems all over the body. I'm a vegetarian and I'm wondering how this can be. Are lectins and foods really hurting me? So Gerda's answer to both questions is basically get the um, gut microbiome super powder from Goop. Yeah. Which I understand, like they have to sell this powder, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the lectin one, I really liked because she she doesn't call out Stephen Gundry by name, but she sort of calls a little like bullshit on his fixation about lectins. And she says like, uh, you know, she says there's evidence that if certain lectin rich foods aren't well cooked, they could damage the gut. But basically there's no way you could avoid lectins because they're in everything. And like, if you cook beans properly, whether it's boiling them or pressure cooking them, they'll be fine, which is Gundry has this fixation on, like you can only pressure cook your beans. Right. See, this is like what I didn't like about this because I just think that Stephen Gundry is like, obviously like a liar and a fraud. Um, but Goop has done so much to promote his work. And yeah. like, even that, even the question of like, can I have lectins is something that wouldn't exist if Stephen Gundry and Goop weren't promoting the idea that you can't have lectins. And they're constantly asking her to like address the claims of these whack, these quack doctors that they themselves promote and to like, question their findings and say i'm not sure there, there really isn't any and like usually reach these conclusions like but if this is what makes you happy then of course do whatever you want you know and i just don't understand the point of it i mean this isn't a retraction i think it's sort of it's it's like a continuation of a conversation um <laughs> which is like not which is just well, it's a continuation of a pointless conversation, basically. I mean, like they should say we're, we apologize for featuring the work of this person. We're retracting any endorsement we made of this book and we won't be working with him in the future. That's what they would say if they had any actual integrity. Having Gerda just say like, you know, you really don't need to do this is like, I no shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Gerda is being asked to do a lot of the heavy lifting. And now as, as we'll get into it a little bit later in this episode, I'm framing, I'm framing everything in my mind as the Elise Goop and the post Elise Goop and how those things have changed. And I, I, really, I okay. All right. Okay. I, I, I just I just think that like in this post Elise world where we're not seeing Gundry, we're not seeing medical medium, there's a they're really pivoting away from this quack medical shit. I mean you give or take a Will Cole, which Gwyneth still seems to be in the thrall of. Gwyneth is totally, well, but I think that like Elise like had um, Gwyneth the same way Will Cole does. Like, mm -hmm. I think that she's susceptible to the people like that. Yeah, yeah. But Gerda, and again, I this shouldn't fall on Gerda's shoulders, but I just, I do appreciate the fact that I can, I feel like I can trust Gerda with, with the medical questions. And it is, it is crazy that they're, they're sort of doing these half-assed, like you said, not retractions, but just like, look, 
pivot away from what we were saying before without actually denouncing their their former partners in crime. But um, what, whatever Gerda's real thoughts are or like what her, why she's working for Goop um, or what Goop thinks they're getting out of her being there, I, I do feel like it is successful and it's making me, uh, making me trust Goop's medical advice a little more, which yeah. I don't know. Um, and then the, the other one was the bloating one. And it is, that one was like, whatever, you know, um, she, you know, says maybe we should all chew our food 30 times before we swallow, which, you know, everyone says, and then she talks about food maps, of course, um, which can produce a lot of gas in certain people. And then she says to take, everyone take your gut microbiome, microbiome super powder, which now as I'm running out of it, cause I am taking it every day. I'm like, Oh, I need more of this. It's, it's really saving my gut. And yet I can't afford to keep a supply on hand for the rest of my life. So is I'm there have another to... microbiome super powder you, you can take? Oh, like a, like a dupe, a cheap dupe. I should do some research about that. Well, what is it exactly? Like, what is it that, what does it do for your gut? It apparently it has enzymes that help you digest starches, proteins, and fats. And then it contains aloe vera, which is healing. It contains some sort of magnesium. So it's basically like an all-in-one soothe your stomach. So it probably is literally the same as like Alka-Seltzer, honestly. I probably, I could probably just do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Interesting. But that was, it's interesting that, do you, I mean, do you agree with me that they are, there's like this macro in the past year sort of slight tiptoeing back from all the like wild medical claims like they're they're um the emphasis of goop is 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 pivoting away from that i think it's hard for them to square like their um like pete Buttigieg or whatever like endorsing believe science girl <laughs> boss aesthetic and like completely out of touch with pseudoscientific claims like I think that those claims have gotten gone out of fashion for a lot of people and I yeah. think like increasingly um the anti-vaxxers and the COVID denialists are like very closely related with um like the wellness industry and I think that Goop needs to sort of pivot away from that branch of it because in addition to it being dangerous and morally wrong, I also think it will like hurt their readership and their reputation. Um, so I feel like that's more the reason that they're bringing on people like Gerda and kind of trying to have a have a and and I don't know that Elise isn't a part of that kind of like anti-vax group or like the more i don't know that she is i don't Wait, I mean, what I don't if know about that her. is the reason why elise left is because she, she wouldn't get vaccinated more, like she's way more out there than yeah. the other people and she's the one who was like bringing all these people in and she was also extremely out of touch when it came to issues of like racial sensitivity oh. i mean like she constantly said things that were just like mortifying and continues to which i will get to in my next yeah 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 uh yeah. I mean, I do like, I do think you're right that the pandemic has caused, especially like 
sort of rich liberal people who um to like reevaluate their relationship to alternative wellness and also like just from a branding perspective and this is like crass but now because of the anti-vaxxer and the what how do you say intervermessin whatever it's called oh um ivermectin ivermectin uh the sort of um the stereotype of someone who's into alternative health now is not a successful rich person it's a like uneducated working class person and that goes against goop's core audience or i I mean it could also be like a rich republican person like i think like a rich i think it's like the white suburban white woman vote trump voter or somebody like that yeah but I, um, I think the white, I mean, the, well, the, we don't have to get into politics, but like the white suburban sort of upper middle class Trump voter, that audience is, is shrinking, I think, because of the, the pandemic. But I don't know. I think, I think probably too. But it's like, you know, but it's like there are these, I don't know why, but it's not because it's like, remember like that thing when they were, they were like, oh, uh, Goop, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Alex Jones are selling the same supplement. Um, and yeah, I guess it is kind of like a more like working class people. Like, I feel like Joe Rogan is kind of like a, a wellness guy. And yeah, all of those, um, sort of not necessarily Trump people, but they're, uh, like, I don't know, free thinking sort of right libertarian, uh, guys with, with male audiences are so into supplements, alternative health. Um, you know, now all that, all those people are into like hallucinogens and, and well, meditate. That's a Joe Rogan thing. Joe, yeah. Joe Rogan. I mean, Mike Cernovich, I mean, who I don't know why I still follow on Twitter. Cause he's like truly insane, but like, they're these, they are, they are the new, new age people are these like right-linging libertarian dudes. And so. Cause I, I think yeah. it comes out of like bodybuilding and like gym culture. Yeah. Cause they're all like weightlifters or wannabe. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I would be surprised if we ever really see a new like book by Gundry or any of those people advertised in Goop. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would be surprised if the medical medium was gone from Goop completely. And like the celery juice has not gone away. Like you can still get like a pack of celery juice from like pressed and like, you know, it's still, they still happen. It's- sure. But I, do you think like if the medical medium has a new book coming out that Goop is going to talk about it? I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I mean, I don't know, but I don't, I mean, I don't think they've pivoted that far away from this stuff that they wouldn't even talk about it. Yeah. We'll see. I don't, I don't know. I sort of think they might have like now, I mean, they're they they do this book club. They talk about literary novels. Like it is, I mean, aside from Will Cole in the past year or two, have we gotten any new books by any of these people in Goop? Um, they I must still be know. writing them. I don't know if um, Anthony Mike, what's his name? Anthony yeah. Williams or something? The, Whatever uh, his name is, the medical medium. Medical I don't know medium. If he's come out with a new book, maybe not for Gundry, but wasn't Gundry the one that they had come and write that really nasty, like misogynistic letter to Jen Gunter? Yes, I for, I forgot that Gundry was involved in the Gunter stuff. Yeah, he uh, wrote like this 
insanely condescending letter to her like a rebuttal to her criticism where he told her to like not use foul language or something which is like textbook sexism yeah and now i feel like in the new goop i feel like someone like not gunter herself obviously because she will never well actually i don't know how principled she is if goop asked her to be on it but like it's those type of sort of mainstream like liberal white feminist people that goop likes to have in their pages i don't know gunter and or gunter and goop seem not so far apart nowadays they i mean i don't think they ever really were i think that's always been kind of the problem with gunter she's like trying to she's carving out a niche she's not really like doing any actual like she's not doing anything no like trying to promote herself and sell books just like all these people. Yeah, I mean, and then in you know the next year we're gonna have menopause manifesto versus Gwyneth's perimenopause, whatever she's gonna come out with. So it's gonna be, but like that that it would. I mean, the menopause manifesto, Jen Gunter's new book would would be the exact thing that Goop would want would advertise on their site. But I think that has more to do with the, that's always been the case. I think that has more to do with how Jen is marketing herself than with Goop changing to like be more like Jen. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, no, it's definitely Jen. There's always going to be that strata of sort of like pussy hat wearing K Hive Mill Valley housewife people that are never going to are never going to respond to Goop. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, that's just kind of part of that's I and I feel like I do think that they like don't like that. But that's just part of that's just, you know, you can't win them all. You know, you can't please all the people all the time. Totally. Um, Um, So should we let's go into I think both of our worsts are probably the same. Yes, obviously. Uh, So I really want to thank uh, our listener who emailed us yesterday reminding or telling us because we had no idea about one Elise Lunin, former chief content officer for Goop who left under mysterious circumstances exactly one year ago, has suddenly come out with her own podcast, also produced by Cadence 13, interestingly enough. Oh, is that the, is that who produces the other one? That's who produces the Goop. And maybe that's just Elise's, like, that's just Elise because she, did both of the podcasts. Yeah, I mean, I've never heard of this company before. No, so it probably just is Elise. Um, but her new podcast is called Pulling the Thread. Yeah. And it's like a it's like getting dunked into a vat of cold water as like a wake-up call of like, remember when I was around and how much I fucking suck? Because <laughs> it's just like this, it just came back with her just like nonsensical like weird like highfalutin like airy and like white nationalist (laughs) yeah it's like pure 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 white uncut elise with none of the charm of goop or gwyneth and it's like it's just her vision which is truly terrifying well i mean she is everything that people think goop is and that's the problem like the the just completely out of touch affluent white woman who has who like wants to educate herself in so as far as like it interests her and like serves her own like um 
sense of like personal growth but Mm -hmm. that's like everything is like for her own personal growth and like she's she assumes that the audience feels the same way and that's that's the framework for everything that she does with these conversations that she has with these people and it's it's um every single interview I've ever heard her do has been the exact same. She finds a way to like center herself or one of her stupid fucking friends. And, um, it's appalling. Oh my God. I feel like I'm going really hard on Elise. No, I agree with you. It's like, it is really, it's crazy how little self-awareness she has because she, and especially, um, I mean, in the last year or so of Elise's tenure in Goop and then presumably, in her new project, she's, um, because of, I don't know, because of whatever external or internal pressures, she's made a point, which is good of, of, of talking with women of color, um, about issues of racial justice, blah, blah, blah. But she, is it good? I mean, not that maybe it's not good. Maybe it's not good. I, I would say like superficially it's good because she's at least bringing these voices to a, white audience that wouldn't necessarily hear them but But it's like she's not the person to be asking these questions that's why I said it's not good because it's like it she doesn't have and I'm not saying that I am or that anyone is is or isn't but I mean she certainly she she has not done any type of like she hasn't taken any like searing moral inventory or whatever they say. Like she's not looking inward. Clearly not. I mean, she, so this first episode, so this is basically exactly the same as the old Goop podcast when she was hosting, where she just like babbles on to whoever she wants to. Um, And so the first guest is uh, a poet named Joy Hargo, Harjo, excuse me, who was the 23rd poet laureate of the United States. Um, the first native American to hold the post. And she is uh, also a memoirist and a member of the Muscogee nation. Um, And seems, and it's funny, I really don't like reading poetry and yet I love listening to poets because their minds just work so differently than mine. And it's, it's really fascinating to, to hear them speak. But Elise starts off this conversation, not, doing like a full Elizabeth Warren, but she's like, she literally says, I grew up reservation reservation adjacent because she's from Montana. So she tries to center herself immediately. Skin crawling. And then she says, one of the first things she says is like, oh, don't you hate it when like white women want to talk to Native Americans only um, because they want to ask questions about how to you know better balance themselves with nature or to ask sort of these metaphysical questions that they assume Native Americans have some sort of innate knowledge of. And then she goes on to literally do that for the, well, I only listened to the first 25 minutes because I okay. couldn't listen to anymore. But like she, that's, she, she has that, she says that, which is a little bit um, self-aware at the beginning, but then she goes on to literally do exactly that. And even that question is still centering white women. Like, what do you think about white women who do this? What do you yeah. think about what? Like, well, is there any, like you're talking to the a poet laureate of the United States, basically like the highest achievement that any poet can have in this country, I think. I mean, like that's a very like lofty title. Yeah, she only, I mean, she was the 23rd. I think Amanda Gorman is probably the 24th or 25th. There's only, yeah, there's only been a few. Is Amanda been few, isn't, the poet laureate? I don't isn't think she? she is. She's she, the 
poet laureate, which I think is like a thing. Oh, they- oh, it's a new, a new thing. I don't think she's the poet laureate. I assume if you talk at the inauguration, you're automatically the poet poet laureate, but maybe yeah, not. Lady Gaga is the poet. Yeah, J Lo. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there have there have been fewer poet laureates than there have been presidents. So this this woman is clearly um, extremely high achieving and has a lot to share. And I wish that uh, literally anyone else in the world talked to her because I would like to hear what she says. And yet I will not and cannot keep listening to this podcast. I can't deal with her anymore. I mean, I'll never listen to it again. I never listened to it when she. I, she just really. And I feel like I've. I'm being like very aggressive when I talk about her and I probably shouldn't do that. I'm probably being too aggressive talking about her and like, I'm not really in a position to tell anyone like anything, but there's just something about hearing this woman ask people questions from such a place of privilege that constantly center herself that I mean, I just remember, I think that she was interviewing DeRay McKesson and they were talking about activism and he was talking about Black Lives Matter and um, organizing. And he made this point that you need, that the best way to help, or he was saying something along the lines of focus on one thing and get really good at that. Mm. And that's a really good way to contribute instead of trying to do a little bit of everything. And her response to this was, yeah, my friend did that. And that's why there's paper straws everywhere. She was the straw person. And he was like, cool. Thank you for sharing. Like, what do you say to that? Like, how dare you? I just, I was, I was like, how could she do this to this person? How could she do this to the like people who are listening, who are going to be like personally hurt? I was just, I was, I was, I was like, this is monstrous. Mm -hmm. This is a monster. And I I feel like, I'm sorry to be so harsh, but I just, I feel like it's, I just don't like it. I think it's justified. Cause I do think when we started talking about Elise, we were more focusing on the superficial aspects of her that we thought were funny or like, you know, her sense of style or her haircut or whatever. But as we, as we got to know her more and as Gwyneth got to know her more, apparently um, we all saw behind the facade. And now I do truly think um, she's a dangerous person and shouldn't be given a platform. She shouldn't be on a, like who's listening to this podcast? why do I know who she is? She's like not engaging. She doesn't have good insights. She's just talks about her, like, hey, do you want to hear about like my limited worldview? Well, listen to my show. That's what she has to offer. I don't get it. I, yeah, I mean, I'm sort of fascinated. I did uh, subscribe to the podcast, so I will be getting updates. I did also subscribe to her newsletter, which hasn't come out yet, but you on her website, you can put in your email address and get a newsletter. So I'm morbidly curious about what's going to happen with in that space and I really do you think she got fired okay so this is the big question so as uh the 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 listener who emailed us yesterday made the really astute uh, observation that that this podcast is coming out exactly basically a year to the day since Elise left Goop so she inferred that there might have been some sort of um, year-long non-complete non-compete clause in Elisa's contract uh, and I don't that necessarily doesn't necessarily mean either she was she was fired or or left voluntarily but it does seem regardless that there is 
maybe not the best blood between Elise and Goop. Because wouldn't you think, like, if any other, like, former Goop employee that left on good terms started her own podcast, started her own newsletter, whatever, Goop would celebrate it. Goop would be like, oh, my God, remember Elise? Look what she's doing now. Like, you know, girl boss, yes. Yeah, there's I mean, been- they have no problem featuring, like, other podcasts. And even if you even if they thought it was too similar, like it's not like people only listen to one podcast. Like, no. you know what I mean? um, but I sort of, I do think it's a little bit strange because also when she left, they were like, Elise's role is changing and she's going to be doing different things. They didn't say she was leaving. They were like, she's going to be focusing more on herself and taking kind of a sabbatical and, you'll see her here. Don't worry. And then never saw her again. She never did anything at Goop again. And then now she has her own podcast. Yeah. Like like, they said she was stepping down as chief content officer, but they made it seem like she was going to be an editor at large or something like a roving reporter or whatever. I did expect to see like something from her again. Yeah. Cause like this was really right after, I mean, that whole um, in Goop health, that was basically hosted by Gwyneth and Elise, you know, in deep quarantine over last summer. Like, it seemed like they were, you know, bosom buddies closer than ever. And then it was just, uh, I mean, there must've been some incident, some specific thing. You know, I do think that it's um, like, I, you know, I, I do think it was her taste. I think it was like what she was bringing. I think that they might have said, okay, like this is not where, we want like this is a she, I think she was taking it in a direction that would have like landed them in hot water like culturally and like they uh-huh. could have gotten some criticism that they didn't want I mean she like her it was only a matter of time until somebody hears her say something like this and makes a big deal about it and as, and if that's on the goop podcast it's like a lot worse no uh, yeah 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 because those that, podcasts big podcasts are getting um so much more scrutiny I mean, think of, you know, Mike Richards on Jeopardy, who was basically fired because of comments he made on his podcast. Yeah, it's a, you know, you could get in hot water as well. Yeah, and like Gwyneth Paltrow doesn't want to have to deal with that. She doesn't want it to like reflect on her husband and his business. I mean, like, God, I mean, yeah. I'm like so sexist. <laughs> well, and then I mean, like, everything comes back to Brad for me. Yeah, it's all, yeah, let's protect Brad's career. Uh, um, but Elise was also featured so heavily on the the first season of the Goop Netflix show, which, I mean, have they shot a second? Like, apparently their whole second season was going to be focusing on like sex and love. Or I feel like I heard that years ago and like, that's never come out. Was that like, a that was an Elise thing that maybe is never going to come out now? Maybe not. I don't know. But um, they, yeah, I think you are right. I think that it's like, I think Elise was bringing a lot of the more out there things. And remember, like, was that the Ingoop Held where they had that woman who did that, like, it that workout that was really weird? Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't remember the workout specifically. I, I was. It was like, I don't know. I feel like she was like, I feel like it was like, she was saying it was like, an, I, I don't know. I'm like scared to even say what I think she was doing because it was very... <laughs> weird okay uh i all those in goop help things are completely a blur to me i didn't even open this last one that i finally got a five dollar pass for and then i literally i just couldn't even bring myself to look at one video um 
yeah, I didn't work. I didn't look at anything. I did the, um, oh, the Kinergy workout with Julianne Huff. Oh, that's, that's the one that was, yes. Cause that Julianne Huff, who has been in the middle of a million of these little activism scandals, cause she was supposed to be one of the hosts of that CBS activism competition reality show that just got changed. Right. And she also did the Kinergy, which was featured on the the first season of uh, the Goop Lab and seemed very both sort of culturally insensitive and also like a complete cult and like an MLM because Julianne has like Utah MLM vibes completely. And also like something that wouldn't work. Well, no, absolutely not. Because it's like just like it's about like harnessing. Yeah, like harnessing your energy to like pretend you're like a lion or something. It was very. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, let, I mean, I'm interested at least in keeping up with Elise's podcast, not listening to the full episodes, obviously, but just sort of seeing. And then of course, if anyone listening, any Goop employees, any any Elise employees, um, our DMs are open. We'll keep you totally anonymous if you have if any dirt. anyone has anything, we'll keep you anonymous. I want to hear everything, please. Anyone knows anything about Elise, please let us know. We won't, even if you're like, look, we don't say this, just tell us. Oh yeah. If you tell us that we can't say it on the podcast, we will, but just let us like, if you know, but if we can say it on the podcast, we'll still keep you anonymous. Like we won't do anything. We'll do literally whatever you want. We just have to know what happened. Cause they obviously something happened there. Yeah. Yeah. Something, something dishy happened. Um, all right. I guess we should move on. Even though this is like truly the most fascinating thing to come out of goop in a long time. I think. I feel like I'm going like, do you think that Elise is going to hear me call her like a, first of all, when I said white nationalist, that was obviously an exaggeration. And when I called her a monster, she's not a white nationalist. She's not a monster. I probably went too far saying those things. And I am sorry. I didn't mean that. that. I mean, that was hyperbole, but I, I am, I really am constantly shocked at the questions she asks and the tone that she takes and the way that she centers herself in conversations with particularly uh, women of color. It is, it is insidious and it is, uh, it's never ending. Never ending. She's exact. It's just, it's shocking. I'm sorry, we're moving on, but it's just, it is shocking that it's exactly the same as it was a year ago. Like no change, nothing, same exact, well, same Elise, same person, same, attitudes and everything okay anyway the theme song of the podcast is worse than the goop podcast yeah but it's got a very similar bump I, I can't yeah i don't know the uh the the melody by heart but it's like a similarly jaunty i don't know yeah jaunty all right okay so you did your saddest was the gerda um yeah what was yours thing okay my sad there, there was a lot of sad uh recipes in this 16 recipes for all day energy oh this is my thing i would try okay the so sorry some of these sure i would try some of these maybe the the really maybe the saddest recipe i've ever seen in goop okay. was this black bean and spinach quesadilla recipe okay let me go to it Hang on. it's okay so it's serves two two gluten-free spinach tortillas a half cup of amy's refried black beans okay Half cup of shredded Monterey Jack cheese, whatever. At least they're using regular cheese. Then two large handfuls of baby spinach and your favorite guacamole or salsa. So they okay. basically, they, they have you cook these quesadillas on like, you know, a, a pan without oil or whatever. Fine. You put a little beans, a little cheese, 
And then you just put the raw baby spinach into the quesadilla and fold it up without cooking the. Sp- so you're just getting like raw spinach in the quesadilla. Well, I understand why some people might think that's off-putting. I would very much prefer to have raw baby spinach in a quesadilla than cooked. I I can't stand cooked spinach, and mm. especially baby spinach. And like I love um. Like I love like wraps and like things like that with like a lot of like leafy greens in it for the like texture. So yeah, I always have like in a wrap. I mean, I understand a quesadilla is usually hot, so it's like kind of different, but I think that sounds good. Like the texture being, cause like I would eat like a spinach salad or like put it in a wrap or something. So it's just kind of like that. Yeah, like raw baby spinach in a wrap is fine. I guess there's a quesadilla and like you're melting the cheese, you're heating up the beans, and then it's just this random raw baby spinach. I don't know. Baby spinach to me is so just like nothing. It's like, what is even the point? But then- probably to add a little bit of like, I don't know, like nutrition and maybe yeah. just like have like, to, I don't know. I mean, I don't think you probably don't need it. It's probably just for those people who like, can't have like can't have a meal without something green and they're like oh i gotta add something but at least if you were to cook it down and have but you said you don't like cooked spinach i just feel like you could actually get way much more spinach in there and have like a spinach and cheese quesadilla where you have the spinach and the cheese and it's melty and you're still getting your veggies that sounds like not bad but then just like random leaves of raw baby spinach just like if you're gonna do a crunch like do a a pickled raw red onion or something if you're gonna do crunchy and then if you want your greens you know really cook them and pack so you get lots of green because you're getting like two to three leaves of baby spinach per segment of quesadilla so it's like nothing yeah i guess i well you could cook it down if you wanted it (laughs) i don't know and i guess that this this article or this recipe was originally in like a a thing of like how to get kids to eat your veggies so i guess in that sense like for a kid maybe this is okay it just seemed like sad the whole thing i think i would like it i but i like raw spin raw baby spinach though i mean i get it's not like a traditional it's like it's like a weird way to eat it but i would like eat basically any of these things i think it all looks good okay um wait so one of them was what you would try no, the whole the, oh, whole the whole article i just liked it i was like these recipes are like easy simple and like healthy and I'm just kind of like I don't know I'm like looking for like new recipes and a lot of them just seem like I don't know simple and easy it's like a lot of like tinned fish and like cans of refried beans and like tuna and just like stuff that's like really easy which is like always what I want oh look here's one with cooked spinach you could do the slow roasted salmon with shallots garlic coriander and lemon there's that sounds good. I, I see. I like cooked spinach and I, I like um, spanakopita, which is basically like a Greek quesadilla. It's just spinach and cheese. Like that shit well, is so good. That's really, really good. But that is, I think that that's really good. But I mean, it was like a side dish or like something that's not completely just like covered in like cheese. Yeah. It's, I don't like the texture of it. It's like too like, and I don't like the flavor of it like the flavor changes when you cook spinach and it's just that like watery, chewy, slimy thing. I just, I, don't I get, like I get the texture. I, for some reason I love it. Like I like creamed spinach. Okay. Here's, 
do a steakhouse, American steakhouse quesadilla, where you have steak mm. and cream spinach and like scallop potatoes in mm. in your quesadilla. Get that at a steakhouse. I know. But even I inside a quesadilla it. would be so good. When I was little, my dad would always make get like microwaves cream spinach mm. Ooh. That was my side. Oh, I bet they still have that. We'd get it like frozen and like yeah. I had it all the time. Because cream was the only way to eat like any greens. I was really fucked up. No, I mean, I still, I like, well, like this week I couldn't go to the grocery store because I could barely even stand up. So I just have mm-hmm. been like eating out of my freezer all week of just like, which is fine. But like, um, I'm trying to, you know, at least get some vegetables. So I've just been like eating like frozen spinach and like potato samosas and like anything that has some veggies in it. That sounds good. Yeah, it's not bad, but I really need to like get a salad or like go to the grocery store, go to the farmer's market soon. Yeah, I get it. I um, uh, I mean, I only eat Hungry Root basically. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, I would have killed for Hungry Root this week in my infirmary. It's honestly, it is so, it's such a, it's so easy and it's like addicting. Yeah. Although I have been skipping it because they send too much food. I can't eat all the food that they send. Mm. Um, all right. Oh, okay. So I just, in my desperation, my try, I just Googled, well, not Googled. I gooped uh, lower back pain. Okay. Searched for it in goop. And unfortunately, what came up, which means okay. it's what I will try. Oh, my God. Go- Are you going to say the foam roller? Yes, Lauren L- Loro herself fucking came up in this lower back pain. And I, now I'm like, I need to take back everything I said about Loro. Okay. I've always said that the foam roller was actually true, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is my thing I would buy. And this is the thing that I was waiting for because today with the, with the personal trainer, he was like, I told him I had like a knee problem. And he was like, you need to do the foam roller. And he like got the foam rollers out and like had me do it with him for like 10 minutes before we did anything else. Did it help? Well, it's more of like a, it's like a thing you have to do like every day. Okay. But it felt like, it felt like it was going to work. Like it's, I'm a, I'm a, so that's my thing I would buy. So I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. So I think, so we have, we don't have like a foam roller, but we have some sort of cylindrical, uh, it's, it's a little harder and it's like bumpy and it's not as long as a foam roller, but it does some of the same things. So I, I did a little bit of that today. I do think it helps. Lauren Roxborough has uh, an article, an old article on Goop that says 10 easy ways to take care of your back. And then she has all these different exercises that you're supposed to do with the foam roller. And I'm going to look into it and maybe do it because I'm at my wits end and I'm desperate. And uh, I might have to take back everything bad I said about good old Lauren who got deported from our fair country is now <laughs> quarantined forever in New Zealand. Maybe I'll start doing it for the back too. Cause he just showed me for the knee, but I have like, I, every once in a while, like I'll pull my back and it's really painful. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, uh, that article has like these in-depth exercises that you're supposed to do with the foam roller. So it looks like a, it might help. It really hurts. Yeah. Um, but whatever, I guess it's supposed to. 
So that's your what what you would buy as a I would a, I said I would buy it even though I probably won't because they have it there but like I I'm buying into it I guess is more sure. like the way I'm gonna say it and I would buy it if I and I'm I'm renting it I guess because I'm right. paying it. and that's true this guy was like you need to do that every single day for like five days a week for the next like month. And then see how it feels. Just add it to your morning routine. That's what I'm going to try to do. Like, I'm going to, st- I haven't even really been able to do yoga this week. So I'm going to, but I like, I want to maybe do like at least like five to 10 minutes of foam roller as well as yoga, especially before I play tennis. Yeah. I think it's like a cumulative thing. Yeah. And yeah. what I would buy. Okay. So there was an article called the summer into fall skin reset. Okay. And most of it was like whatever oils and um, creams and stuff, but they advertised two like um, bath salt things. And one of them I already have is the goop martini bath soak, which I think is pretty good. Like I don't, I should probably do it more often, Um, but it is very soothing and nice. And then they advertise this other one that they say is so intense that you're only supposed to do it once a week. It's oh, called yeah. Persoma Tub okay. Tub Marine Deep Dive Detox Treatment. Okay. $18 on Goop. Um, it has like um just like a medicinal, like it looks, it's green with like a white sort of cross on it that makes it look like it's very medicinal. And saying anything you that you should only do once a week makes me really think that it is powerful and that it works. Yeah. And I think I definitely want to buy it. Yeah. I should probably get like a good soak too. Cause they're like the one thing that's really helped me this week is uh, John had Googled sort of the, like you're supposed to ice, ice your back for 20 minutes and then take it off for 20 minutes and then heat your back for 20 minutes. And that, I guess that repetition or that sequence really is supposed to help. And it, it, it has. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, that's good. But now, oh my God, as I'm saying this, my back is just starting to hurt more and more. <laughs> oh my gosh. But that's probably just because I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Um, all right. Are we done? <sighs> yeah, I think we're done. Okay. Sorry guys. I know we haven't done like, um, a bonus app this month and, uh, we will do it soon. I just like couldn't literally do anything this week. But we'll do it soon. But we'll do it soon. We'll oh actually well I'll tell you off the air of an idea that I have. Okay. I can't anyway. Okay. Um okay. we love you guys. Thank you. Hope you're all hanging in there. And yeah, if you have any least dirt, please, 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 please let us know. Okay. All right. Bye. bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.